Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcasts. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many fuck pucks. <laughs> one too many fucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's four shots that we're going to have, man, Fred. <laughs> I, guess, I think so. I'm just boarding slip or something, but... Uh, <laughs> We've taken one too many pucks to the head, clearly, and uh, don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So outside of the fact that I do rattle off the intro every episode instead of have a – I actually hate the podcasts where they have the intro pre-recorded and mm-hmm. they just jump into talking. I, I get it, but I – if you do that, you never make a mistake, and mistakes can be uh, – they can be fun. Oh, that was great. That was great. That just brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> one too many <laughs> I have given one too many <laughs> uh, I'm going to have my daughter introduce me that way all the time. My dad's taking one too many apps to the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap, man. So how is things, Steve? Uh, it's going all right. Just uh... – Enjoying a Sunday here in Phoenix, waiting for the weather to cooperate and drop a bit, but had a good family night out with the girls. Wife is doing laundry. It actually just stopped. Thank the good Lord, <laughs> because now <laughs> um, my whole wall isn't shaking. So just so everybody knows, I got my back corner office in my house. The laundry room is right next to it. So if you wind that thing on up, it makes for an interesting work or podcast. So yeah. <laughs> So that's done. So now we can focus on pucks to the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can focus on uh, we can focus on pucks to the head. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about uh, with this episode is not necessarily pucks to the head because well there are some puck eaters that are definitely going to be talked about here. Oh, I've got but, a favorite. Um, We've got a favorite on this one now. <laughs> I told you. I told you. <laughs> and uh, and uh, this episode we're going to be giving away the. I guess the first ever we did an annual Pigeon Hockey Awards last year and fans really, really liked it. And we used to do the episodes where we went over the highlights, but that's before Hockey TV gave us the access to post the videos. I mean, we we have okay, we have Hockey TV, but uh, we didn't have the rights to share the videos. Uh, we have that now with Hockey TV. Uh, so instead of having to discuss the highlights I just showed them to you. So people really, really, really like that. So now the monthly episode is really going to be talking about the players that stand out for us. And this doesn't always mean the players that are statistically the best players for that month. It's really the awards. The the 12 awards we'll be handing out all have their own criteria. That's what this is all about. And uh, most of these players are going to be from teams we regularly follow. So if you ever want on a podcast and, uh, you know, whether you're a player or a team or a coach or whatever it is, and you want to be on this podcast, um, we'll definitely cover you more often uh, as as with these teams. But like I said, that's most of the teams on this. But I catch a lot of games, so I'm just going to be – and I tell you what, that's another thing, Steve. Like I have been watching a ton of hockey. I think I literally had – I'm still on Friday. It's As you said, it's Sunday. I'm still on Friday night's games. And I feel like I've just been watching hockey nonstop and I'm on a Friday night game still. And I'm on I'm in the middle of the uh, not middle, I guess the middle of the first period of the Seattle Totems and the Rogue Valley Royals uh, Friday night game. And then I think my final Friday night game 
I can't even remember who it is. I think it's Lake Tahoe and whoever Lake Tahoe is playing. Uh, then I can finally move on to Saturday's action, but that'll help me wrap up September so that I can wrap up the highlight video so we can all score the highlight videos and uh, put those out there for the fans on PHH official on Twitter. But um, yeah, so ton of hockey and I watch it all and I might miss a highlight or two again. So if you feel like I overlooked you or we don't follow your team and you want to get highlighted, reach out to us because uh, the games are on constantly. And if the broadcaster is doing their job, if the team has a broadcaster, um, the fluctuation in the voice usually attracts me to watch the play. Um, if I'm not paying attention or like doing the dishes or doing something or laundry, like, uh, Steve's a uh, lovely wife. You know, if I'm, if I'm doing the laundry, I might not catch the highlight cause I'm not pausing it to walk away. Um, I would never, ever, ever, ever get through these games if I constantly paused it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, but some, some of the games don't have broadcasters, so I have to watch them a little bit harder. I tried to listen to the crowd or stick taps. I'll, I'll take a quick notice on what may have happened on the ice. But, yeah, so let's talk about these awards, Steve. So you've got your uh, awards, numbers 1 through 12. And starting off for the Pigeon Pole Hockey Fantasy League Forward of the Month, you have selected Kyle Avery. And I love the name of this team, the Rock Springs Prospectors. And our guy, Kyle, is based out of, I believe it's Brampton, Ontario, Canada. So getting closer to my hometown. Yeah, he's an 0-2 out of Brampton, Ontario. I tell you, like the the Pigeonhole Hockey Fantasy League awards, so the forward, the defender, and the goalie, uh, are really just based off the players of our own scoring system. Again, you can check out that article on our Twitter. Uh, But it's based off the player that pulled in the most points for their fantasy team that month in that position. So Kyle Avery on the Rock Springs Prospectors, I'm not incorrect. I think he's part of the... Noko Logos, and he has pulled the most in uh, on our scoring system for forwards in in the month of uh, September. So that's how he earned the award this month because he, I mean, he's had a pretty good month. Yeah, I can see that. The team I'm rooting for the most are the Sonoran Mountain Snakes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, because uh, you will have a player that actually gets uh, gets the award this month because your goalie did quite well. But uh, let's move on to the... Let's move on to the Defender of the Month. The Defender of the Month is Chase Segrist out of the Lake Tahoe Lakers. And he's out of Santa Rosa, California, USA. <clears throat> and what I love about, um, love seeing players out of California. So uh, I got involved with USA Hockey, was doing my training there. And man, this was years ago when I got my level five. But the most up and coming you know, state for hockey was California overtaking Minnesota and Michigan. So love, love seeing this. And that's hats off to uh, the Anaheim Ducks, you know, they LA Kings and also the San Jose Sharks for really branding hockey well in that state. So tip of the hat to them for doing this and giving these guys this type of opportunity and expanding it on out. And that's why the NHL teams in these cities is actually quite critical and has really expanded the game. I mean, you look at California, you look at Florida, you look at Arizona, you look at Texas, Carolina. I mean, look at the programs coming out of Carolina right now. The Junior Canes programs are just incredible. This all stems from, and of course, it's not limited to just NHL teams. There's a lot of professional hockey teams that have built these things. And there's some teams, uh, there's some cities that don't have 
professional teams that are still killing it with their with their programs. Just look at the New Mexico Ice Wolves program in the NAHL. I mean, it is a fun team to watch because of the crowd, the sick ass jerseys too, but the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a lot of fun. So hockey is growing and it's growing in non traditional places. And you can see, like a player like Chase Seacrest, I think it's his second season now with with the Lakers, and and he, you know he had a really really almost a point per game uh, the season before, and he's over that right now. Indeed. Now we're gonna go to uh, my favorite on this list. <laughs> no bias <laughs> at all. So the Pigeonhole Hockey Fantasy League goalie of the month is Conrad Dumasnell. Did I say his name correctly? Because if I didn't, Conrad- I, I believe it's Dumasnell. Dumasnell. So, Connor, I apologize, but good story on this one is he's coming at a Pinnacle High School and a Junior Coyotes program, which is just awesome. Um, I was actually coaching Desert Vista hockey for a little bit of a stretch, uh, goaltending coach, worked with a few really good young goalies with that team, and just love watching hockey coming out of Arizona, too. So, it's you know, Arizona gets a bad rep because of the history of the Coyotes. Some was self-inflicted. Some was just, man, the team's had a bad string of luck. But hockey is a lot bigger here than people actually realize. So there's a lot of hockey going on in Arizona. And by the way, there's this guy, you know, kind of by the name of Connor McDavid. Who rivals Never heard against him. another guy named Austin Matthews. <clears throat> and McDavid and Matthews like to hang out in Arizona in the summer, people. So great spot for hockey and golfing. <laughs> are are those guys like depth forwards or who are they? Oh, they're scrubs. They don't do much. Yeah, probably. Never but, heard of them. You know, but they got they got one guy to to come out of Arizona. So another another good one on this Buffalo Sabres team that somebody seems to like. So yeah, it's, I wouldn't know who you're talking about. <laughs> probably just another depth forward. <laughs> exactly it. The guy that's not putting <laughs> the puck in the net as a next power forward, right? But yeah. yeah, just for anybody that takes a shot at Arizona, um, they are producing some good hockey players out of here. So all I can sit there and say, Connor, is keep it on up for me, buddy. <laughs> My season's riding on you, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh actually he's had he's faced a lot of shots this month and uh you know it's it's he's been fun to watch, that's for sure. So let's move on to the next award. Oh, I've already given this guy. You love this one. (laughs) (laughs) The video highlights themselves are phenomenal. So so the standout player of the month for pigeonhole hockey uh, is Andrew Brabender. I call him the barbender. Love this. Love this kid. (laughs) Two highlights. And I was grinning ear to ear. Just loving it. So do you want to cover the highlights there, Chris? Yeah, so I sent you a couple videos, and that that isn't all inclusive on uh, on on Burbender. So these are the two that I definitely wanted to send you. And uh, of course, he's an 03 out of Edmonton, Alberta. He, I will say, he taps into his internal Mike Smith. I think that's the goalie that I saw him. I'm like, yeah, he's got my he's got Mike Smith vibes because the first video I sent you is I think that drop back save that he made is just absolute robbery. Yeah, tracking the puck really well and that desperation push and just lunging on over. Great save. Great save. Yeah, and we featured that on the Pigeon Hockey uh, Twitter. Uh, so anybody that wants to go out and look at the save we're talking about, definitely do that. The one I haven't featured on the Pigeon Hockey Twitter is, uh, you know, you just start to fall for the way certain players play. And when a goalie, like last year with Artem Lantouk, the Pueblo Bulls, um, I just loved how he 
played on the ice and how he interacted, even with his own players, sometimes when they were just doing stupid stuff. I love that about goalies that just a little bit rougher around the edges, you know, reminds me of myself. I, I've been ejected from multiple games and I'm quite proud of it. Uh, don't be young players. Don't be proud of being ejected. <laughs> That's not acceptable. I, on the other hand, was very proud of myself when I did get ejected or suspended. It's just the type of goalie I was. And I see that in Amber Bender uh, because I, the video I sent you is just if you're going to come chirp the goalie who just let in the overtime goal, you're probably going to get knocked to the ice. And uh, that's exactly what happens in the in the highlight I sent you. In fact, he knocks one of your uh, fantasy league players to the ice, one of your defenders on Seattle who came over to chirp him. <laughs> was it Levi got, Knight that he knocked down? Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Hey, Levi, don't chirp the goalie. <clears throat> Not after the victory. I don't want you eating yeah. blockers anymore, buddy. <laughs> but yeah so it's kind of funny that i'm glad you pointed that out because as i'm as i'm as i'm as, as i'm praising this goalie i gotta also say hey uh take a look at my list buddy and take it easy on those guys okay <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly it's a late whoa, 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 whoa. it's hey, great it's great but he's he's on my uh he's on my pigeon hockey after dark fantasy league one second is he okay yeah, he was okay. He was in the next game. He got oh, right back up. Okay, so yeah, okay. So there we go. But anyway, <laughs> loved loved you serving up the blocker for somebody else to eat. That is phenomenal. Please yeah, that's with that. And I like it because he again, I think also from what I've seen with him, the more angry he gets, the more you know cued in he gets. He's he's not the goalie you want to get angry, uh, which is also me. Like if if you got me angry at. The puck became the beach ball. I needed to find a reason to get angry. That's why I'd listen to angry music before a game. I needed something to, if I was feeling good, oh God, I sucked. If I was happy and feeling good, I was the worst goal you've ever seen. I needed to be angry. I don't know why that is, but you know, that's, that was just my style. So let's talk about the next award. Another attendee. So this is the international born player of the month. Charles Antoine Julien. Out of Quebec yes. City, three wins and one shutout in his EHL debut, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So he's done this all in his EHL. And in fact, his shutout was his EHL debut. So that's a wow. that's the way you want to start with the team as a goalie, man, you know? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Way to lay that goose egg on that very first one. Well done. Yeah, it was excellent. And, uh, you know, it was great to watch because, you know, out there in the AHL, we're big fans of, uh, you know, friends of the podcast here because we've we've had him on the New England Wolves. And to see both of this, because he wasn't the only one, both goalies for the Wolves posted goose eggs in their starts. So they didn't let anything in their first couple games. And uh, and obviously with the way they've been playing, they've been really, really keeping a tight, uh, tight control over the net and the blue paint. Nice. Now, is there? How's if you've been watching them play? Their defensive play, good supporting for the goaltenders, or yes, Andy's, oh, that's great. Yeah, honestly, it's it's a team that seems like it's built from the net out because I mean they've got great forwards, but I think they don't get a lot of great chances on the goalies as well. Now the goalies are incredible, but the defenders are doing their job, and that's what I love to see. Now, obviously, defenders will still make mistakes. I've seen a few. In fact, I yelled. I remember yelling at the TV with one. I'm like, what are you doing? Obviously, with the goalie being back there, he was able to uh, save him in that scenario. No, it's uh, it's definitely a team that uh, they built from the from the net out, and it shows. 
Yeah, um, you, like I said, you, you pointed out spectacularly two shutouts on their, you know, when both goaltenders first starts. That's that's it's not a fluke, right? That's that's no. a solidly built. Like that's why I was asking about the defense because it's hard to do that, you know, and it's not taking anything away from the goalies. Guys, don't think I'm doing that, but that's why right. we always ask about defensive support because besides your goalposts being your best friends, your uh, your D men a little bit tighter. So. Well done. Yeah. Well done on that, uh, New England Wolves. Well done. Yeah. In fact, I mean, they're, they're uh, and I think it's actually one of the videos I sent you too was Julian's. Uh, he makes a great save. The video's kind of short. But, uh, oh, I'm queuing out on up. I love doing this live. Here we go. Yeah. I know. That's nice what you, you mentioned to me when I. Oh, nice push. That guy <laughs> is sitting right on the goal line looking for that tap in. Nice push on over. Way not to give up on that puck. Well done. Well done. Yeah, and that's what uh, I think you mentioned to me when we were. I was telling you, hey, I got the videos queued up for the podcast, and you're like, you watched one. You're like, oh no, no, don't show me these. I love seeing these live. (laughs) There's just something about being a goaltender and watching that critical save, right? Like that beautiful save, because you just know how it feels to make that save. And yeah. to get across and actually get it. And, you know, right there, that's, you know, the fairness to the shooter there. If that puck's on his stick, he's going to get it off a little bit quicker. But that's why you just never give up on the puck. Correct. So beautiful push on over that post. Beautiful. Well, it, it's not only that, but the, like like I showed you the videos and, of course, you reacted and you were just you were losing your mind over Barbender's save as well as uh, the, the shot he takes at uh, Levi. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you were like, okay, don't show me any more of these. I want to see the rest of these live. Because you were just, you were having a hoot and a holler, man. <laughs> yeah, just, it's great. You were it's, thrilled. It's great. And that's the passion about hockey. You know, this is why we do what we do, right? It's just watching, you know, watching somebody else so focused and, you know, making such a spectacular play. And trust me, defenders, you'll hear me say the same thing on a great hit or just a well-placed stick, you know, something smart, uh, except when you place that stick and you tip it by your goalie, you'll hear me bark at you. Same thing, though, too, on a player that got a forward that just gets a quality snipe off on a goalie. I just love this sport, man. Love this sport. Coming back to that save, that was a beauty. Nice push. (laughs) Well, speaking of defensemen, you want to talk about the next award? Yes, we've got the U.S.-born Player of the Month, Yavin Heidergott, and he's at a Yeah, so Yavin Heidergott. Yeah, there we go. Well, I am brutal at this. I do apologize. I get the French (laughs) names a little bit better. But at a Telluride, Colorado. Yeah, he's an 0-2 out of Telluride, Colorado. He's had five games this month, a goal, six assists. I mean, he really lit it up uh, in terms of assist-wise in, in the first game against Idaho Falls. But, I mean, with defenders, it isn't – I mean, it, that's one thing with defenders. It's not all about stats. The way Hyder got plays, yeah, he could put up numbers. but And that's always great. That's always a, that's an extra bonus out of defenders. But he's playing – I'm pretty confident because I think he's a defensive forward. But – or he can be a defensive forward, but I believe he's just been basically playing defense as far as I can remember. And what he's been able to do a few games already with, with Northern Colorado, he's just picking up where he left off last year because he's just one of those names, especially anyone who watches USPHL Mountain Division hockey is going to recognize. Nice. Yeah, and there's that element, you know, not making this comparison, but you watch how much a, def- you know, a, an offensive defenseman can transform a game, right? 
are given yeah. a team. So if you pull a Kale McCarr off of the Colorado Avalanche, it's a different team. They, it's still a really good team, but that was right. just that tipping point for that team. You know, so, and, you know, in all fairness, sorry, I'm talking NHL here, but it's the comparison, right? That was yes. ha- adding him to that roster. And then like a Lekkonen type of player, too, who's so underrated in the league. Um, those type of players added to that roster took the pressure off the goaltending, right? Because it was my one knock of the avalanche. The goaltending wasn't where it needed to be for their cup run, but they got it done. I'm a camper fan. So, yeah, so hats off to any defenseman that can you know, jump in for that extra offense and get in a play and put some pucks in the net or set up some nice assists, right? It's just such a help to the take that pressure off the offense. Totally. Yeah, it, it does. And I mean, it's it, again with with defense and goaltending with forward stats, I, I would say forwards stats are a lot more driven in terms of what you're hoping for out of forwards. But again, there's forwards that are, you know, you're talking guys like, uh, I can see his face, the Capitals Swedish kid. What's his name? That's always setting up Ovechkin. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, dude, I told I you. I can see his face. Me. Guys, I'm getting Because he's old. injured this year. Um, no, he's actually back. He had his operation oh, done. He? Yeah, oh, he, they, they just they just talked about him. I can picture his golden hair right now and him sitting on the couch with <laughs> his bowl of cereal with Ovechkin and his white shirt. But, um yeah, but this I can't is amazing. Like, we like, just had this conversation before the podcast. You ask me about a name right now, and I go ahead and freeze. I'm typing in Washington Capitals. This is embarrassing, guys, but this is called old age and too many pucks to the head. Here's the living proof yeah. of it right yeah. here. Backstrom. I didn't even have to do it. Backstrom. Backstrom. God, Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah, he actually, just on a side note, just, you know, he was saying that he had a surgery done and he's pain free for the first time in a long time. So that could be a tipping point for one of your teams this year. It could be, and the thing is, like me as a Caps fan, I couldn't remember his, couldn't remember his name. I've watched him live so many times at this point. But me and you were literally talking about this before the podcast. You were talking about your your daughter's soccer team, and you can spill out, oh, this kid's done this, and she does this, and it, you, you, all this stuff. Ask her her name. I don't know. It starts with a B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it happened to me yesterday. So we were, uh, the, the girls were going into an escape room as a as a team building exercise. And they had to split up the team. So uh, somebody's asking me to actually add on, you know, to the list. And I'm looking at the girl going, I know everything about her. But right now, because you're asking me her name, I can't spit it out. It happened with yeah. the girls. I'm like, I just give up. So anyway, apologies. Yeah. Action, heck of a player. <laughs> yeah. but, Getting but old that, sucks. But again, like for him, if you looked at, oh, well, he doesn't score all these goals. No, but he is the ultimate setup man. And it, players have their roles on a team. It's not stats driven. You look at goalies like man, uh, Colburn last year with the Provo Riverblades. You look at his stats, you're like, oof, a little bit of a rough season, but it wasn't. You look at what he pulled off. He 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 got our Pigeon Hockey Player of the Year award because if you watch those games, I'm his play was unbelievable. But you can't stop rebound attempt four and five. When you when your team's so minimal at that point because they didn't have a full roster a lot of time and they just get tired and you know he could he could hold the team together for the first period or two but the gates would open man when that team got tired the floodgates would open and uh, he stood in it for it and you would just think looking at the stats like oh he had a rough season uh, well yeah in terms of statistics he did but in terms of play who the Atlanta Mad Hatters they got themselves a good one so. That said, let's move into the – so the next award is I, – I will say what it is. It's the 04 to 07 Player of the Month because 
you've, you've got a lot of players within that range that are kind of the younger players in the junior hockey world. Uh, you know, you got your veterans as the O2s and the O3s, and they kind of get their own little bubble here. But the O4s to O7s are, you know, the young up-and-comers, the ones that really stand out. And that's kind of why I decided to group those year groups together. Because if you're an O7, there are some O7s playing. You know, I didn't want to basically pick an O7 just to find an O7. So I'm like, okay, we're going to give a young kid award, an O3, and then an O2. So the O4 to O7 player of the month is going to be from the Northern Colorado Eagles, the O5 American, because it just says he's American, Kelton Bradshaw. Man, you look at his stats. So how? First of all, he's a new player to the Northern Colorado Eagles this uh, this year, and he has stood out. Three games, five goals, two assists. I mean, really, really impressed with this kid's play. So is he one of these players that just has a nose for the net or the right spot at the right time? No, I think he has a nose for the net. From the, what I can remember with his games, he just he's a name that you just keep hearing pop up. He's right spot, right time, but not out of luck, you know? Yeah. He knows where to be, and he knows where the puck should be, and he, he can play. The kid can play. Well, just the, the reason why I point that out, it's not it's not a luck comment. There's just players that just know where to go instinctively, right? They just are yeah. really good at reading the play. And it's one of the toughest things when you're coaching somebody is what do you do away from the puck, right? Yeah. So the hockey IQ, that's where hockey IQ comes yeah, in. Yeah, exactly it. Reading the play and just knowing, you know, having the good instinct of knowing where it's going to go. So if he's that young and he's got that instinct, hey, yeah, feature looks bright for Kelton. That, that it does. And so you want to talk about the next award? Yes, the 03 Player of the Month, Zachary Bryce. And this is where I'm going to say you want to know about this New Jersey Titan, the 03 out of Fairbanks, Alaska. Look at the video because you're going to be pretty happy with it. Hey, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Steve is queuing it on up. And listeners, you can catch it on Twitter. My screen flipped on over. Here it goes. Pass on over. Oh! <laughs> oh, I gotta watch that again. Here we go, slowing it down, slowing it down, going frame by frame. This is filthy. I haven't felt this it's dirty, right? Time. Pass on over. Oh, 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 he he read that well. Read that well. Yeah. He, he read it. He knew that pass was coming. But beautiful, beautiful push on over to get over for that save. Look at that. Oh, Ah, uh, well, that makes that brings a tear to my eye. And just so you guys know, I'm an old uh, retired tendy. Uh, if I tried to make yeah. a move like that right now, uh, the ambulance oh, no. would be out, uh, defibrillator, yeah. uh, everything. They would be rebuilding my entire body. I'd be the. Uh, oh, I'm in the U.S. healthcare healthcare system, so I'd be the ten million dollar man. That, <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with. I would. I would. I would be tearing something uh, in this scenario. And uh, I mean, I, I, I can hurt my a muscle in my foot I've never heard of just putting my shoe on. So I don't know what would happen to me here. Um, so, <laughs> hey, so we're talking about wild saves. Well, yeah. let, let's let's roll on into the number four spot there, Chris. Let's do it. So with number four, we're going to be talking about the O2 player of the month and we're going to be sticking with goalies and we're going to be sticking in the NAHL. And this is going to be out of Northeast Generals, the O2 out of Canton, Michigan, Cullen DeYoung. If you listen to this podcast or check us out on Twitter, you know this player. 
he has had some incredible saves this month. And Steve, line them up because I sent you three of them already. He sent me three, so here we go. Yeah. Here's, and, here's the first one. I'm pausing it here for a oh, second. 2-2 yeah. game, third period, 12 minutes in. Let's go. This is a never-give-up attitude. Oh, there it is. For save. Nicely done. Nicely done. So we got a puck being pulled out of the corner. Nice. What? Well-tracked. Just good positional play. Watching the puck come on over. Quick glimpse on the, the forward that's got the puck, too. Well done. Well-tracked. Nicely done. Now we're going on to video number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another big stretch pass and just comes across. Nicely done. Nice hard push. And what I like, Chris, too, is the, the push, you know, instead of just coming straight across, you know, pulls back into the net a bit so he covers the full net. Because what a lot of young tendies will do in that situation is make the hard push straight across and leaving that net wide open. Beautiful. Yeah, for the That's first That's a zero-zero. Yeah. That's a big stop, man. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and here we go, Mr. DeYoung. Number three. Oh, another one. Another solid yeah. push out from the corner. Play still going on. Right, it's going down the other end of the ice. That's okay there now. Uh, yeah, so that one, if you listen to the video, I'm 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 pretty happy with the uh, the Northeast Generals play-by-play team for uh, giving us a shout-out for that one, talking about the two videos you just watched oh, <laughs> and uh, basically stating, oh, I guess this one's going to be on their Twitter page next week. And you know what? <laughs> They're right. It is. <laughs> 100%. Like that save right there again, too. Great tracking of the puck. Great tracking, yeah. good positional play. You know, so, you know, it's it's not even just what I'm impressed by is it's not, you know, just getting like the tip of a glove on the save, right? His whole body gets in front of that 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 puck, right? So yes. good hard pushes, good, good, solid goaltending. Very impressed. Thank you, Cullen. Another one to bring a tear to my eye. Now, if you can just <laughs> lock her a guy to the chops... That's chirping you. Oh, you'll be our next favorite here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that they will be. So let's move on to the next award. You want to say what it is? Ah, we are looking at forward of the month. And I'm just reading a little thing here. Captain and ASU uh, commitment as well. Is that correct? Correct. So it's Paul Minahan. He's an 03 out of Cypress, California. Again, another California product. But man, this year, seven games so far, he's had 12 points. He said, as an ASU commit, the, the cool thing with him, and you know, much like actually Zachary Bryce, which we forgot to mention, he's also an ASU commit, and I think they're oh, nice. both actually going to be playing in ASU next year. And what I mean by ASU, I mean the Sun Devils, not the ASU Coyotes, <laughs> but the ASU Sun Devils. And so they're both incredible talents. But the, yeah, like Zachary Bryce, he's coming out of New Jersey, Paul Minahan, Northeast Generals, they're, you know, opponents this year, but they'll be teammates more than likely next year. They're both talented, but back to Minahan, I mean, he stood out all year last year as well. I mean, he was just incredible. I think he wore the A for them last year. I mean, what he's been able to do this year has just been nothing short of quite impressive. And I'm I'm sure that the Sun Devils are going to be quite excited to get Paul back or not back, but on their uh on their roster next year, man. Well, and the, here's a huge shout out, um, again, because of the location and unfortunately the reputation of the Coyotes. A lot of people were looking over the, you know, looking past the ASU Sun Devils, not thinking much of the team. They've built a really great hockey program. It's a really solid. Oh, program. it's really good. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, again, this is not taking a shot at the coyotes, but, you know, just, just some perspective for people out there that are trying to understand this. I had glass seats shared with buddies, you know, season tickets for multiple years, and they quadrupled the price, you know, for season tickets this year. That's why I don't have them, because it's not going to be a very good product as much as I love hockey, but I could not get tickets for the Sun Devils because they sold out. So, again, going that back says to it all. Hockey, hockey is actually big in the Valley. People love their hockey, and ASU puts out a good product. So, uh, he, he got the he got another uh, don on that team. So, um, so great product, great decisions for these guys to come out here. Remember the debate we had, Chris? Which one? Asking you where you would <laughs> rather play hockey. Yeah, would you rather be in shorts and a t-shirt walking around and then jumping into, you know, the go play ice. And you're like, ah, I'd rather go to a Minnesota. And I was like, I think you're nuts. Yep. Because after me. No, I love this, the cold. <laughs> but after me living this, you know, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Like I, I, there's multiple pictures of me and I'll share one uh, with the podcast at some point. He's sitting outside, you know, the coyotes old setup on a terrace you know, having a beer and a meal before a game and walking. I've done that with you. Yeah. Having my shorts, you know, T-shirt on, hockey jersey slung over my shoulder, walking into that building. And when you were you were in the Vegas, we were there there together, too. And that was just yeah. an amazing setup. So, yeah. Vegas' setup is sick. That's the best. It's the best I've seen in the NHL. The best. Yeah. But Going back to this great program out of ASU to lure these players on in. And then, again, speaking volumes to the way hockey's been developed in California, right? Another yeah. solid player coming out of California's ranks. Yeah, I mean, it's it, – I think the North – I mean, Canada talks a big game, and obviously for good reason. <laughs> Look at the World Cup rosters. And then, you know, obviously all the Northern American kids that are, you know, always, always in the talks. And just look at how many times uh, players out of Buffalo are brought up. Because I think uh, they have uh, the spirit with the Northeast Generals. He's a product uh, out of Buffalo. And Buffalo produces a lot of great players and, and obviously does, you know, New England states and that region of the Atlantic. And I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Minnesota, but they seem to be a pretty OK at hockey as well. So gotcha. it's these it's these uh, like Pacific and, and Southern programs that aren't getting the love and they're starting to produce some of the biggest talent. Mm-hmm. And so uh, how about the next award? What is it? We've got the Defender of the Month, James Cofredo, out of Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Another Jersey-born player. Look at that. Yeah, another Jersey-born player, but he's playing in Austin, Minnesota. So the Austin Bruins got a good one here. And he's had, I mean, first of all, the Austin Bruins have had a pretty great start to their season. They had a couple heartbreaking overtime losses to St. Cloud. I mean, I believe they both went to shootout, not overtime. The team is good. I mean, they're very good this year. I won't be surprised to see them in Blaine come the end of the year. As as they started there, they'll probably be finishing there. But Gafredo's really stood out. Again, a shutdown D that can also put some points up. And uh, been pretty impressed with his play already. Yeah, nothing a goaltender loves more than a shutdown D. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, and you know what? Let's wrap this episode up with the goalie of the month. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let it go, buddy. All right, it's going to be out of the Austin Bruins, goaltender Ethan Robertson. He's an O2 out of how do you pronounce it? Catrice, Ontario. Uh, I would say Cordis is what I would say. Cordis. 
Cortez. Oh, Cortez. Yeah, Cortez. Cortez. I'm going to go Cortez, Ontario. But six games, a shutout with a 9-5 save percentage. I mean, the thing is with Robertson, it's it's kind of like he hasn't – I don't think I've highlighted one of his saves yet because it's it's kind of got that – I don't know, man. I, I would say that Ryan Miller vibe where it seems like he's almost always in the right position. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's that's the uh, it's the it's the reverse Cujo effect because Cujo on the watch, but positionally that's why he had to make those saves, right? So here's what I would actually say: is when he's on his game, Darcy Kemper. Well, actually, you know, Carey Price had that athleticism behind him, but he was also very good positionally. That's why that's why players hated him, right? Because he just was always where he needed to be, right? It's very rare you yeah. had to catch him scrambling. So I'd say Kemper was the same way because when Kemper is on his game, it's a simple game. Like he just follows it, swallows the puck up, no rebounds. So when you're doing that and you're not flashy, it's nothing against your style of play. You're just over effective in my opinion. So that's one thing that Ryan Miller for the longest time just never appeared on high, like me and you are like psycho hockey fans. Clearly we have a podcast, um, but he, he just never made the highlight reels. You know what I mean? And it bothered me, but I also figured out very quickly, not probably figured out, but I recognized it's because he was always in position. Like I've never, it's so rare to, I'm now, I'm nowhere near that good. I know where I'm supposed to be. Doesn't mean I'm there. It takes, it's, it's a lot. It's between mental and physical work. It's a lot to almost always be in position to where when you make the save or don't, you know, there's nothing dramatic about it. You were where you were supposed to be, whether it beats you or not. I definitely probably had highlight reels, highlight reel saves a, a galore during my playing days because I probably was never where I was supposed to be. I knew where I was supposed to be, but that's if, if you played the goaltending position, goalies know what I mean. Goalies know what I mean. No one else probably does. But it's it's a lot easier said than done to always be in position. And the hockey IQ actually plays a huge part of that. Well, that's why you hear me going crazy over tracking the puck, right? Some background on me when I was training goaltenders. Um, what drove me nuts were, you know, when teams didn't commit to giving the goaltenders time with a goalie coach. You know, and somebody making, like, this was a professional NHL goalie when talking this is way back at my level five camp he yeah. said all you, all you need to do is just get pucks on goalies and they're fine and i just i looked up and i clearly shaking my head here's a pro and i think he i'm not going to mention who it was because i was not impressed with him i'm like okay so this is why for a while the european goalies were taking over the league they were training their goalies properly so one of my biggest things were one puck when it's a goalie training you know thing except if i was doing a certain drill okay but usually one puck because i want to watch i track that puck Right, because my my problem with rapid fire thing is you're not playing for the rebound, right? It's off of you and then it's done. Now, like I understand when you're just coming in flipping them quick at the goalie just to get a feel for it, but when you're doing proper drills, you have to be able to track that puck because it's so important. Your secondary yes. position to make that next save is key, or just swallow it on up, right? So you know, so yeah, if you can, you'll hear me go nuts all the time about look how well he tracked that puck. Because that's just that level of hockey IQ for the goaltender, right? And then being in a position to make that secondary save, right? Or they just swallow it on up. You just love that. And going back to your point on Ryan Miller, and trust me, this is not a shot against him. But the reason why Sidney Crosby beat him on that, you know, that overtime Olympic goal game, Miller wasn't expecting that shot. 
They couldn't be. No, him. no, 100%. I wasn't expecting that shot. Yeah, nobody was, but that's why he, that's why Crosby, and this is why he's an elite player, you you weren't beating him with the traditional big hockey plays because Miller was where he needed to be. Yep. And that's why he just did it because he knew he had to catch him off guard. Simple yep. as that, right? He caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that shot. He caught the entire world off guard. Nobody yeah. was expecting that shot. I think Aginla, who fed him the pass, was like, you shot that? <laughs> yeah. Right? But so, that, you're right. That's the only way. That was the only way you're really going to beat him. I mean, Miller was, was, was A, having an amazing season with the Sabres that year. But, B, I mean, the, the, the U.S. team wasn't scoring at yeah. all. It, it would best. struggle to score. Yeah, sorry for talking over to you because you see me getting all excited, but he was the best goaltender in the world at that point. The Canadian yeah. goaltenders in that Olympics were struggling a bit. You know, Luongo was fighting the puck. Brodeur just, you know, to me, again, these are elite goaltenders. Like, they could crap on me all they want. I, I love Luongo, by the way. Probably my favorite hockey personality of all time. Yeah. You know, and Brodeur just a legend with the puck. But Yes. But Miller was playing better hockey. And, yes. you know, so... Yeah, that that was the only way they were going to beat him at that point. So, yeah, sorry about that long tirade, everybody, but that's why if you ever hear me <laughs> losing it, like, way to track that puck, way to get there for that save. It's because, you know, it's, again, you know, for players, we're talking about offensive players, right? When we were talking about Minahan being in the right spot at the right time, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and also I think it was uh, was a Kel- it was a Kelton. There was somebody else I had mentioned. But I, I think apologize. it was Bradshaw. It was Bradshaw, yeah. Being right spot, right time. That's hockey IQ. It's so hard to train. And for goaltenders, that the mental acuity of ignoring everything else that's going on and just being able to track that puck and focus and still be able to read a play, it's such a tough thing. So, yeah, all the time you'll hear me lose my marbles over that or just a great desperation save sometimes, especially after they made the first one, right? Or just like yeah. that one, the guy tucked behind the post. It's, everybody's expecting that puck to go in. So when that goalie comes up with that, there's nothing, not, not, in my opinion, you know, besides a good goal when, when you're down, a big save that just rejuvenates your team to get them going. That's what's important. I mean, those big saves at those big moments can lead to big goals, and those big goals can re-spark everything. I mean, that's... That's why we love sport, man. But I think this is a great spot to wrap up this episode. So we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey worlds and wish to get on a future podcast. Also follow us on Twitter, Patriots Official, to let us know what you think. And check us out on Instagram because we do have that now. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.